Welcome to Soul and Tune, where we share the untold stories of those achieving at a high level in their chosen fields, giving you the valuable tips and tricks to not only stay on top of your mental health, but to grow as individuals. My whole purpose was just basketball. Like, yeah. I mean, I love footy as well. I absolutely love footy. And to be honest, now I miss footy more than I miss basketball. But yeah. it was always basketball. Like, I, pretty much in my mind, the only thing that I was doing was playing professional basketball. That's yeah. all I wanted to do, regardless of how many times I had failures on the way or how many times I missed out on teams or got cut or whatever it was. It was like, did not... And that, that's, that's what's helped me now with business and with the stuff I do now is that like, for whatever reason, I don't know how I built that kind of like resilience, whatever it is, but no matter what got thrown at me, like it never changed the thought in my mind that I was going to be playing basketball eventually. So I initially wanted to go over to college. I wanted to do all this, like obviously eventually play professionally wherever here would, would have been great, but that was my purpose. So everything I did was for that. And you know, that's what I kind of like associated my whole life around. So like I built my whole, I guess, identity around that. And I think that that can be a bit of a mistake as well is when you tie your identity to like one thing or whether it be football, whether it be basketball, whether it be, you know, whatever, like skateboarding, if you're a skateboarder, whatever it is, because if it gets taken away or if something happens and you can't do that, it can be quite hard mentally and, and stuff to then, find that like you, you kind of lose value in yourself because you don't know what other people see in you if that's all your all yeah. you've ever done and you think that people only like you or people only associate with you because of one thing so that was my purpose and then now it's kind of done like a full 180 like I, I still love training I still want to get the absolute best out of myself and achieve great things physically and stuff but um, it's more so the purpose for that is to be able to inspire others to do the same with their own journey as well so um i guess that's that's the purpose now is to just continue to build i guess my um i just want to build a bit of a legacy like just build a legacy around knowing that that my uh my journey is able to to help others like to get the best out of themselves yeah hey guys today i'll be talking to danny kennedy before we get started i'll briefly touch on danny danny grew up in country town horsham where he played football and basketball after finishing school, he moved to Melbourne to play basketball full-time where he played for two years. After being in Melbourne for some time, he began working as a personal trainer in 2014, where he soon began building his online platform with the goal to reach out to as many people as possible. Since then, Danny's profile has grown enormously. He now trains a large variety of the population, including many elite sportsmen and women, as well as high-level performers in their chosen fields. He has his own podcast, The Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, which is one of the highest rated health podcasts in Australia and the world. To complete the amazing work he does on his own platform, Danny's a strong contributor and trainer at Keep It Cleaner with Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw, where he shares his amazing skills with the larger demographic. The way Danny reaches out to such a large amount of people and the passion that he has for helping others be the best versions of themselves speaks highly of the person that he is and the values he holds dear. Thanks again for coming on, mate. Legend, thank you for having me on. I might need you to bring you with me whenever I introduce myself to people from now on, I reckon. That's, that's it. Nah, thanks, mate. And again, yeah, appreciate you having me on. Awesome, Looking forward mate. to thank the chat. You. Awesome. So first of all, I'll probably just start off with um, Danny Kennedy. So who, who is Danny Kennedy? Mate, well, as you've touched on, um, I guess, country boy. So I grew up in Horsham, Victoria. Um, was always into my sport particularly football and basketball. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I'd always chosen basketball and it, it kind of got to the point where I had to choose out of the two. And um, as I said, I'd, I'd always chosen basketball, but I'd finally made a decision to focus on footy. And then within a couple of days, that decision completely changed when I got asked to move down to Melbourne. So I did that. Um, and then, and then yeah, got down here and, and pr- pursued basketball for, for two years, just flat out and, Gave it absolutely, absolutely everything that I had, and then yeah, had the injury um, that that um, led me down a bit of a different path. And then, I guess at, at the time of the injury, it was um, it, like I was devastated, like I was absolutely shattered, like gone from from training and playing basketball multiple hours a day to to doing nothing at all for a fair while, and obviously not playing basketball. But in the end, it was a blessing in disguise because it, it led me down the path of what I'm doing today, and um, you know. I'd, 
I'd always, um, I'd always loved health and fitness. Oh, well, not always. I started kind of lifting when I was about 16, I think it was, 15 or 16. And that was just because I'd been told to do it because I was too skinny. And um, I needed to get put a bit of size on for basketball. And initially, I, I actually hated it. And then because um, I'd come from more of a, a cardio background, like I loved running and um, obviously playing sport, but like strength training just didn't really appeal to me much. And then... Um, fell in love with that and then that's what uh, you know I, I went down the rabbit hole I guess of trying to learn as much as I possibly could about training and nutrition and and anything to do with the gym for the first few years like I still am now but particularly those first few years like I was obsessed with it and um, so in year 12 I did my my PT qualification separate to year 12 just um, just because I wanted to just online throughout the course of of the the 12 months I was in year 12 um, so I already had like the qualifications to, to work as a PT. I just didn't have the time. And um, yeah, so it was a blessing in disguise, the the ankle Rico at the end of 2013. And then, um, yeah, pursued personal training and, and saw how much I, I loved that and, and how enjoyable it was to be able to share like the knowledge and stuff that I'd I'd picked up over the years and, um, and, and hopefully help others experience the same thing that I did. And I guess that's kind of been the foundation of like where um, of like, I guess my life now. And I, I spoke about this in a, in a podcast recently, you know, I guess like what I feel like one of my strong points anyway is like my work ethic, but also like the, the, the experiences that I've had, which is now what I want to be able to share with other people. So I guess it, it particularly in health and fitness, like you see people follow their, 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 their own health and fitness goals. And it can seem kind of selfish, I guess, because people are so, I guess, obsessed with making sure that they get the result themselves. And in a way, like I've definitely gone through that as well, but for now it's more about me being able to use those experiences and yeah. help others as well. And, and also continue to document my own journey whether it be through the podcast or whether it be through social media or in person or wherever email list, whatever it is and show people how I go through it. And then when I do have failures and when things do go well and then be able to show everyone, like just document my own journey so other people can take some, hopefully take some motivation from that and, and apply it to their own, their own journey as well. Because I mean, absolutely anybody can, can achieve literally anything that they, they want to achieve. And, um, most of the time it's just a matter of just not having the knowledge there or not having the, the right approach or not having someone in their corner that's, that's been through it and can able actually sh- share the process of how to do it. So if I can do that for someone, then, then that's what I want to do. So yeah, I guess I've just used a lot of my experiences and continue to do so to, to try and help as many people as I can. Yeah. Awesome. Well said, mate. Um, so you talked about community earlier on. How do you think a community in a gym sort of setting yeah, kind of helps you get in that sort of swing of things and the support you had behind you. You mentioned support as well, especially for yourself. Who were your supporters, especially growing up and moving towards kind of adulthood and into into your training? Yeah, well, I think in the gym, it can be quite intimidating, which is why a lot of people tend to shy away from actually going to the gym for a long time, particularly females. Like my demographic now, a lot of my demographic now is, is females, um, largely due to the fact that I obviously work with the girls at Keep It Cleaner. And a lot of my content is kind of based around helping females get into to training and stuff at the moment. So the actual community in the gym, I mean, like it can, it can be quite intimidating, but once you get in there and if you can you know, find yourself, and this is not me trying to promote personal trainers, but if you can find a trainer, yeah, that, that is quite not. No, nah, I can't. Yeah, oh, good. There's <laughs> like a chopper going over the top of us. <laughs> Probably the last found you. They've found you, mate. You're done. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you can find a trainer, a knowledgeable trainer that can, that can actually provide you with the right knowledge, and and you can go in and you can learn from them, or if there's someone else in the gym that that you become friends with that you um find inspiring to you and something that i'm big on is trying to get people to find a a training partner or someone to be accountable to so i was quite lucky like growing up obviously because i was always playing sports so whether it would be football basketball whatever like the people i was surrounding myself with were all motivated to to get better as well and a lot of them were, were in the gym and training and 
I, you know, even outside of the sports that I was playing, the mates that I, that I kind of became friends with were people that were into the health and fitness scene as well. So that accountability is there, the ability to, to look at others and I guess take motivation and inspiration from what they're doing as well, which is why I try and share a lot of the stuff I do. Like, you know, whether if it's on Instagram, for example, like it's not like I'm just posting videos of myself doing exercises because I think it looks good. I mean, it's, it's to be able to show, you know, maybe, maybe when I was like 16, 17, I had no idea how to, you know, squat properly. And all it took was me watching a video on YouTube of someone like a fitness model or something like that, or someone that I was watching on YouTube. And then they put up a video of how to squat properly. And that could have been the one thing that changed it, everything for me. And it helped me squat properly. So if I can do things like that now and, and then hopefully help someone in the same position that I was in, I think that's really helpful. So if you can find long, long answer to a very easy question, but if you can find, um, you know, someone or a group of people who are able to not only keep you accountable, but put, keep you on the right path and continue to help you grow, then I think that's really important. No, nah, that's awesome, mate. Thank you. Um, so you talked about your, your sort of purpose now a little bit. Um, I guess as a kid, did that change over time? Like what, what did you see your purpose as when you were younger and how did that change? Yeah, well, I guess I kind of touched on it before, like that my whole purpose was just basketball. Like, yeah. I mean, I love footy as well. I absolutely love footy. And to be honest now, I miss footy more than I miss basketball, but yeah. it was always basketball. Like I, pretty much in my mind, the only thing that I was doing was playing professional basketball. That's yeah. all I wanted to do, regardless of how many times I had failures along the way or how many times I missed out on teams or got cut or whatever it was. It was like, did not... And that's, that's what's helped me now with business and with the stuff I do now is that like, for whatever reason, I don't know how I built that kind of like resilience, whatever it is, but no matter what got thrown at me, like it never changed the thought in my mind that I was going to be playing basketball eventually. So I initially wanted to go over to college. I wanted to do all this, like obviously eventually play professionally wherever here would, would have been great, but that was my purpose. So everything I did was for that. And you know, that's what I kind of like associated my whole life around. So like I built my whole, I guess, identity around that. And I think that that can be a bit of a mistake as well is when you tie your identity to like one thing or whether it be football, whether it be basketball, whether it be, you know, whatever, like skateboarding, if you're a skateboard, whatever it is, because if it gets taken away or if something happens and and you can't do that, it can be quite hard mentally and, and stuff to then, find that like you, you kind of lose value in yourself because you don't know what other people see in you if that's all you're all yeah. you've ever done and you think that people only like you or people only associate with you because of one thing so that was my purpose and then now it's kind of done like a full 180 like I, I still love training I still want to get the absolute best out of myself and achieve great things physically and stuff but um, it's more so the purpose for that is to be able to inspire others to do the same with their own journey as well so um i guess that's that's the purpose now is to just continue to build i guess my um like i just want to build a bit of a legacy like just build a legacy around knowing that that my uh, my journey is able to to help others like to get the best out of themselves yeah that's unreal mate it's funny you touch on that actually i was talking to do you know jake edwards yesterday jake edwards yes yeah yeah, yeah. so i was talking to him yesterday um and I was going to actually touch on it with you about identity as well, because that is yeah. such a massive thing. Um, mm. Personally, probably gone through it as well with footy. I put all my identity on the footy. And like when, when that gets taken away or you lose that, you pretty much lose yourself. So it's the same thing. There's a big connection there. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome yeah. that you brought that up. It's definitely, definitely the case, particularly you see with a lot of footballers. And I mean, you know, whether it's VFL, AFL, whatever. Um, when, when, when footy gets taken away, um, you can see that the toll it takes on, on certain people mentally when they think that that's the only reason why they've been a part of anyone's life, whether it be friendships, your partner, people like, you know, following you on Instagram, whatever it is, people, people think that that's the only reason why. So I, that's why I find it extremely important to, to um, find like their own values within yourself or the reasons why you think that you're a good person, but, outside of any of that shit. So then when, if it does get taken away um, or if you decide to, to 
go off that path and then you're able to continue doing what you're doing and, and you just got to realize you're exactly the same person you're just not playing footy anymore you're not 100%. 100%. yeah yeah that's awesome mate um so personally yeah when you got what, what was the stage that you kind of realized that basketball wasn't for you and how did that how did that impact you did it did it hit you pretty hard when you initially realized or when you came to terms with it obviously it happened over a time period but um, was it was it hard getting through that stage? Yeah, for sure. It kind of went in waves when I think about it now. Like, as I said, end of year 12, um, that's when I was really enjoying footy and I was getting a few opportunities with footy. And then basketball was still the priority and I was, I was well and truly over it by then. So at that point, I kind of thought to myself, oh, maybe, maybe I won't end up being a basketballer so that was like quite tough but then I was excited about the footy part part of it and then um that all changed like I said so then I moved down here for two years and then by the end of that two years like I was in a really good space like on one hand I was I was kind of over it because I'd done so much of it and it was just like it was just very consuming but on the other hand I'd saw how much I'd progressed in the two years and I, I saw opportunities that were there and I was like, I was happy with where I was at after the two years. And then I had the ankle reconstruction and then, and then that was just like shattering. Like I was, it was, I was like almost like borderline depressed for a little bit. And, and it kind of comes down to like what we talked about before, like everything, all I did was basketball. There was nothing else outside of that. So having that taken away, it was just like shattering for a while. But you know, that's when I, I kind of just got to a point where I realized I need to focus on other things for the time being, like I always had the intention to go back to basketball, but I focused on other stuff like in that period and, and started to really put all my energy and attention on onto that. Cause I knew there was no point sitting around just whinging and complaining about not being able to play basketball because it wasn't going to change anything. So I did that. And then as time went on and as I started to put that focus into the other stuff, it, like I just noticed that I wasn't kind of missing the basketball as much. And I wasn't, as eager to get back to exactly what I was doing. And I started to, it started to open up new doors to stuff that I hadn't really bothered with before because I, all my, all my eggs were in a one basket. So, um, so yeah, initially that's, that stage was quite tough. And then I guess it was tough to, it was almost tough to like recognize that I wasn't missing it. I was kind of like waiting to miss it more and more again. And I was like, I should be wanting to get back out and play straight away or to, to get back to exactly what I was doing, but I just didn't, I, I started training again. I, I had the intention to build back up and start going to get back to where I was. And then, you know, a month or two in, I just kind of decided, I was like, I just don't really think I, I want to do it anymore. So that was quite tough as well, but it was exciting because by then I'd, I'd realized that there was more, more than basketball. And I was excited about potential of what, what I could do outside of that. So, yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Awesome, mate. Thank you. Um, you touched on those injuries that you had. They were obviously pretty difficult to get through. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few. I mean, I've been like relatively lucky in terms of injuries, I guess. Like I've had I know I know people have, have had way more, like, you know, one of my one of my best mates, he went through like an absurd amount of injuries. Like he got drafted to to the demons in the AFL and like his first two years, he barely had an injury up until that point. And then as soon as he got into the league, he went through like ridiculous amount of injuries and then went to, you know, SA NFL, same thing, ridiculous amount of injuries. And then, you know, touch wood. Now he's, he's, uh, he's playing good footy and, and like pretty injury free and just enjoying it. But I've been quite lucky, but I've had, yeah, I had the, the ankle reconstruction before the ankle. I'd had a, a ton of, it's like soft tissue or, or like just minor injuries. Like obviously the ankle had been done a number of times, but before then, like in footy and stuff, I'd done, I'd had a dislocated collarbone and then a couple of other little things that weren't, weren't too bad. Then had the ankle reconstruction. And then since then I've had a few more, I've had, um, had a surgery on my knee, which, which wasn't too bad. I then had a, a shoulder reconstruction started this year. And then I've, I've, I'm going in for another knee knee up soon. So it was like, it's pretty shattering. It's, even, it just seems like, I mean, you, you would probably understand like being a, an athlete yourself. It's, it always seems like there's something like, and it, it tends to be like, you feel like you're getting back to a good, 
good point or you're reaching yeah. your peak again and then something else happens. So yeah. um, particularly with the stuff I've done over the last couple of years on, on um, mental health and mindfulness and personal development and stuff, I've, I've become a lot better at just accepting it and not, not working myself up too much about it. Like it used to be the end of the world, particularly when I was playing basketball, if I rolled my ankle and knew I couldn't train or play for a week, it'd be like fucking the end of the world. It'd be, I'd just be miserable. Whereas now it's just like, it is, it is what it is. There's always something else to, to focus on and, you know, putting all your time and energy into something that you can't change anyway. is just a waste. So, um, yeah, I've just tried. It's, it's still hard, but I just tried to get to the point where now if something happens, it, it, yeah, it is what it is. Focus on what you can control for now. Make sure you do all the right things and then just get back as soon as possible. But yeah, the injuries are very frustrating. Yeah. hundred percent. So you touched on as well. Fuck, when you when you kind of get to that stage, it's so frustrating. Um, when you feel like you're finally getting some momentum, and then all mm. of a sudden, bang, a truck hits you, or something, ha- something always, happens. Always away. Yeah. Exactly. And you just you just can't kind of. It's hard to get your head around that. And you touched on the mindfulness sort of stuff. Um, I know you really, yeah. that, which is really cool. Um, I've sort of the last year or so, I've kind of got a lot more into that. Um, the meditation. The, um, yep gratitude everything um and you hear it from so many different people so it comes from so many different platforms and people that are successful seem to always do that and you kind of link it together and it shows you that um everyone kind of struggles with their different things but it's about how you manage it so what are you what are your thoughts on the mindfulness sort of stuff can you go into that a bit more and what you do i know you've got your morning routine um can you touch yeah. on those that don't know yeah, I mean, mindfulness is just huge. It's opened up so many doors for me and unlocked like kind of a whole new world, really. Like I was never someone who would um, like meditate, do any form of mindfulness at all, really. Um, and it showed like I was just kind of go, go, go. And and I still am, but now I have that other side of it as well where I can slow things down and become a bit more present. And as you touched on, it's becoming uh, a lot more popular and a lot more common recently um just with more people becoming aware of it and i think it is such a powerful tool like when when people who haven't touched on it before haven't tried it before think of mindfulness or meditation like you you just think you typically think of like some yogi hippie like yeah complete i don't know what like that's that's how i used to think of it anyway a few years ago i would have just brushed it off but yeah it's just so uh it's so significantly important um in in our lives so having the ability to become present and and um and also just become more self-aware of how things are going and and bringing yourself back to to the present moment and um and i guess like you think it we we put so much emphasis on our physical health but without you know without your mental health you don't have anything you know they work they work hand in hand they tie so well in together so i mean you should be putting as much time into your your mental health as you are with your physical health. And that's something that I really took on board. So started 2017, um, Jan 1st, I put in my, my diary for the, for the year that the goal was to meditate every day, regardless of how many um, minutes or whatever it was. And since then I've pretty much meditated every single day. Um, since then, like I said, it doesn't, it's not always a huge long meditation, but there's been bits and pieces that I've been able to add to, I guess, the toolkit over the years since I started doing that. And now it's not just the meditation. It's, you know, um, like, as you said, I've adopted like a bit of a morning routine that I like to follow. So um, in the mornings I'll get up. Um, so I did all, like did this before we did our podcast this morning. So it'll be, uh, I get up in the morning, do my meditation. Um, I then grab out my um, my journal so like i have a diary or a journal that i have here in the morning which i physically like physically write in i think it's important to to actually physically write stuff down and not just use your phone for everything so i'll write in um some goals for the day um set my kind of intentions for like what i want to achieve out of the day and what i want others to be able to get out of it as well so whether that be you know before the podcast wanting to make sure that uh, i'm completely kind of focus on what we're doing and not distracted by my phone or whatever to make sure that you and your audience get whatever value out of the podcast we can. I then do a, um, a gratitude list. So write down usually anywhere between three to 10 things that I'm grateful for. Um, and I'll either do that in the morning or at night. And then I, I actually in the past kind of six months have um, added in like a nighttime 
journal as well. So I'll finish off the day. There's a list of questions that I kind of go through just to, I guess, recap the day and revisit um, the goals that I set or whether or not I got out of the day what I wanted to or whether there's things that could have been done better. So I guess it all just comes down to becoming more self-aware. So so understanding like um, how your behaviors and stuff. I read a book recently by um, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Um, and the whole concept is around, you know, we do certain things over and over and over again to the point where it's just an automatic reaction. So, yeah, and you, yeah, and you can think of a certain amount of things that like just happen day in, day out and that your behavioral response is just automatic. You don't even think about it. But when you put some thought to certain things that aren't necessarily helping you improve your life, um, it can't, you can't just decide to yourself, oh, from now on, I'm going to do this and it just completely changes. But by, by using meditation and becoming aware of it and, and, under, and you know, recognizing when, when certain patterns happen, you're able to, to slowly make changes to certain things. So that's been, um, that's been a really enjoyable thing for me. And, um, you know, whether that be, you know, the meditation and the mindfulness, whether that is helping someone um, kind of work their way out of a, a depression or, you know, help relieve anxiety and, um, and overthinking and stressing and stuff all the time, which is stuff, something that I'm like, uh, like I, I'm, I do a lot, like whether it be, you know, get anxious about certain things or like I said, overthink. Um, so yeah, it's just been, it's been a game changer for me. So now I, I just recommend it for absolutely everyone. And I think in terms of the mindfulness stuff, like it's not something that I particularly think you can push on someone because if they don't want to do it, they won't get anything out of it anyway. Like I'm sure before I did the meditation properly, I would have tried it before and just had no impact because I was not interested. I wasn't, I didn't buy into the idea of it, but if you can, um, you know, make the decision yourself that you want to try it out to, to hopefully better yourself and, and um, get the benefits out of it. I reckon it's just, it's for everyone. Yeah, that's right. You touched on a few really good points there. I think um, particularly training your mind to be able to do things you by repeatedly doing things, obviously you're going to, adjust your subconscious and you're going to be able to change what you're doing over time. Um, yeah. I think you, you also spoke about being anxious at times. Um, a lot, a lot of that, I think, have you come across Tom Bailey? Yeah. I, I saw him speak in, um, in LA. Really? That's awesome. I was quite lucky. Actually. I, I went and had coffee with a guy who, who I'd actually heard on a podcast um, yeah. before this guy named um, Steve, Steve, Sims, Steve Sims. Okay. He's got a company called Blue Fishing. Anyway, that's completely irrelevant. He uh, he basically was telling me that he was speaking at this big event. So I went, to, I bought a ticket to this event in LA, and we went and, uh, and I watched him speak. But at the event was also yeah, Tom, Lewis Howes, um, Ed Milet, uh, Bedros, um, Coolian, there was like it was just awesome. an absurd amount of really yeah. cool people speaking at this event. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I know he talks a lot about that anxious state by switching the mindset simply to being excited rather than anxious. Um, that's a yeah. massive thing, and it, it kind of just yeah. is everything around. I saved uh, I saved this thing in my, uh, I saved this thing in my notes the other day. I'll see if I can find it. It's um about. I don't remember where I read this, but it was uh, depression is a past emotion and anxiety is a future-based emotion. So you yeah. know, whenever we're depressed or feeling down about stuff, it's stuff we can't change anyway. It's stuff about yeah. the past. And then, yeah. and then the anxiousness or the anxiety is, is worrying about something that hasn't happened yet either. Yeah. So that's why I just find it so important to be able to bring yourself back to the present and understand that, you know, I've just um, finished reading um, The Secret which is, I don't know if you've read that before, um, but it's all, all about, uh, it's quite old actually, but it's, it was, it was a really good book, particularly on like the law of attraction and how like yeah. our thoughts, our thoughts basically create our, our own yeah, life. Yeah. You know, everything in the whole entire world is, has, was created by a thought. When you think yeah. of it that way, like yeah, this it. microphone that I'm using now didn't exist at some point And someone thought, to themselves i'm going to make something that does this and yeah, now it's here and it's in your room so if you're well, so if you're yeah. sitting around consciously thinking about what you don't want or or what worried about what could happen or whatever then the likelihood of that coming to you is quite high because you're you the law of attraction like you're bringing that self you bring that to you bring that anxiousness and the, the stuff you don't want to you whereas if you can bring yourself to the present and understand that your thoughts create 
your future and create like what's going to happen in your own life, then you can start to focus on the things that you do want and bring yourself back to realizing that a lot of the shit you're worried about hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> um, some other things kind of, it's funny. We talk about Tom Valley. Um, cold showers. Yeah. Yeah. Me in the present. Um, I actually heard it on his podcast originally and then on Tom. Yeah. And then not long after yeah. I heard it on yours. So, um, can you run us through cold showers and how you do it? I've actually been doing it to myself. So I've done it the last, oh, yeah. done it the last three and a half months straight every day. So start with the warm one and then yeah. people listening will be like, what the hell are you talking about? You psycho. But um, <laughs> yeah, you kind of start and I'll start warm. And then the last 30 seconds of every shower for the last three and a half months, I've done cold. So could you run us through how that sort of helps? Yeah, I was actually, I'd been trying to tell a client to do this for the past months. I've been telling him that I do it all the time. An alien or something. (laughs) Oh, what? They look at you like you're an alien when you say Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I told him, I've been telling him to do it and he's like, there's no way I can do it. And he actually messaged me yesterday and he's like, oh, I finally, finally tried it. And he's like, "Um, I reckon I'm going to stick to it. He's like, I feel like Superman after I did it. Yeah. But, uh. But yeah, so I first came across um, an interview on, I think it was Joe Rogan's podcast with um, Wim Hof. And um, I was really fascinated about, about Wim. And for those that haven't um, seen anything about him, I'd highly recommend maybe going to have a, a watch or a listen to any of his interviews he's done on any of those podcasts. But he obviously does a lot of stuff around the breath and, um, and cold, like temperature, like cold temperatures. He's got all these world records in just ridiculously cold temperatures and, and how you can control, you know, a lot of your um, body, like physical responses and also mental responses with your breath and how, how important that is. And um, he does a lot of stuff, in you know, ice bars and everything. And, and one of the things that he's really big on is cold showers, like completely cold showers and being able to control your breath and, um, and be able to just kind of relax into it and, and you, to really get to the point where it doesn't even feel that cold, which sounds crazy, but, like it's true. So I started doing it. Like initially I was like, I was half assing it. I'd be like half under the water and half not under the water for like not long at all. And I'd jump out and be like, fuck, that's cold. But then I kind of like went all in. I actually went and did a, um, I went and did a workshop in Melbourne, um, a Wim Hof workshop in Melbourne, uh, the start of last year, I think it was very start of last year. And that was incredible. And um, since then, I was like, right, I'm going to go all in with this and and start doing it properly. So, yeah, um, just do cold, cold shower similar to you. I have my normal shower first and then um, and then always finish on cold and just go complete, turn it all the way to cold, stand under the water completely and just try and really focus on my breathing. So long, deep breaths, try and relax, um, try not to think about the fact that it's cold. And, and it sounds ridiculous, but after a while, like once you kind of get better at controlling that breath, it does get to the point where, you know, 10 breaths in or whatever, um, it doesn't feel that cold. It, you kind of get to the point where you're not, you're not kind of uh, tensing up, you know, and the more you, you, more you tense up, the, 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 worse it, the worse it feels, the colder it feels. So um, being able to control your breath and I was listening to something with Wim recently and um, he talked about a good point. It's kind of like you're training your body to, be able to deal with with stress so like we have, the body has the the flight the fight or flight response so whenever our body is stressed or you get anxious about something or something worries you like you go into fight or flight response so by being under that cold water and being able to control it you're actually training your body to be able to deal with stress a lot quicker and yep. not let it not right like away. not let it um yeah exactly right and not let it just completely paralyze you because that's what it does to most people. Yeah. Like you put someone under a cold shower and they like completely freak out or they start gasping and and stuff like that. And that's what I used to do too. But now being able to control that breath and, and um, kind of just ease into it. It's um, it's crazy. And you feel unbelievable afterwards, like regardless of whether there's no proven and there is, but regardless of whether there was no like scientifically proven physical benefits of it at all, like yeah. the mental benefit of it is huge. Not only like does it build up your discipline to do it, but you just feel awesome afterwards. And there's 
Like, I don't know anyone in the world that can't be completely present when they stand under a cold shower because I fucking promise you, you can't think of anything else. Yeah, that's, that's right. Spot on. Yeah, so um, I, I'm not sure if I had it on your podcast. You, you could probably let me know. But <laughs> it, I was talked about that. I think it was, is it Norway or something? People in Norway, they're always so cold and the weather outside is so cold. So they kind of just have to accept going outside in the cold. And that's why... The scientific study shows that they're the happiest people in the world. So it's because they just have to accept it and go outside into the cold. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and then once you once you have that expectation, uh, like yeah, they're not they're not disappointed or they're not waking up. I mean, I'm guilty of this too. But you talk to most people in Melbourne, and you're just like, oh fuck, the weather's shit this week, or. Yeah. It's going to be raining this week or it's still cold this week, blah, blah, blah. The weather changes all day, every day. And it's just like complain, complain, complain. Like, yeah, that's right. That's it right. is what it is. You can't, you can't yeah. change it. Exactly right, mate. So that's really good, cool, mate. That's some really good points in there, I think. Um, I wanted to just go back to steps. So we talked about, again, you injuries and things like that. Are there any other massive hardships you've kind of had throughout the journey, um, even growing up? As a kid, how was that? Was it mum and dad, um, brother and brother and sister, maybe, or things like that? Um, how how was your experiences with all those sort of things? Yeah, no. Uh, uh, look, I'm very very lucky. Got a, an un, unreal unreal family. Mum and dad have been awesome. I've got a, a brother and sister as well. They've been awesome. So, in that regard, like family um, life, like it was awesome. Very lucky. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like there's, there's probably been a couple of, couple of things like, you know, just stuff that a lot of people would go through, you know, whether it be like bullying in school, whether it be, um, you know, going through relationship things, um, like in the last few years, stuff like that obviously takes its toll. But I think the thing that, um, had the biggest impact on me was how many times I got cut from teams when I was wanting to. To, to, to be successful at basketball, like missing out on teams. Um, you know, a lot of failures in that regard in sport, like, but so it was kind of borderline. It was like, I was at the point where I was like about, like I was doing well, but then when it, whenever it kind of push come to shove, there'd be like certain things that, that like, you know, my whole, like I was just obsessed with making certain teams or making certain selections or making certain camps or whatever it is. And, and a, like majority of the time I would get cut over and over and over again. But I think that's what helped me so much in terms of my work ethic and, and resilience now is because for whatever reason, like I said, I don't know why, probably because I was just so obsessed with wanting to play basketball. It just never, never changed my attitude towards training and towards turning up the next time and towards just not giving up. So like I'd, I'd get cut from something, you know, we'd go to a camp and it'd be a selection for a team or whatever. And it'd be like the last, the final selection and I'd get cut. And then we'd drive back home to Horsham and then straight away I'd get out of the car, walk out of the backyard and start shooting, like shooting basketball or like working on something to do with basketball, go for a run or something like that. And it was just like this weird thing where it just didn't matter how many times I didn't get, didn't get picked or if I missed out. And there was plenty of times on the way that like that things worked out well and I did get selected and did win things and stuff. But um, yeah, I think that was the main thing that, that um, at the time, was was very very hard and disappointing and, and it was disappointment after disappointment and, and that made things quite tough but when I look back at it now it was like a it was a bit of a blessing because um it's it's helped me now not not worry about whether things do or don't work out like it sound like a lot of people aren't really trying to do like aren't taking taking any risks in in like in chasing after their goals or they're not you know asking people certain things or they're not doing certain things because they're worried about, you know, rejection or failure or, or losing or, or fear of fear of things not working out. And as soon as you can get over the fear of, of failing or get over the fear of missing out or, or being rejected by certain things, I mean, that's, that's when all the good shit happens. So um, for me, for me, that was a, a blessing because now I just couldn't care less. Like if I, if I want to try something, I'll, I'll do it without any worry about whether it works out or not, or, you know, if, I want you on my podcast. Even if I've never met you before, I'll reach out without worrying about whether or not you say no, because, you know, I bring this up a lot, but I said this on a podcast once you, 
you know, if you're, if you're not doing something because you're worried about failing or you're worried about someone saying no, like that is already a reality. That's already happened. So the worst case scenario has already happened. Cause if I want you to be on my show and I don't ask you because I'm worried about you saying no, then we still haven't done a show exactly the same yeah. result as if you say, no, we won't have done a exactly. show. So what's the worst could happen that exactly. and it's already happened. So if you think of it like that, then, you know, the chances of you saying yes are obviously quite high. And even if you say no, it's the same shit, you're in the same position. So that's right. once you kind of think of it like that, it's yeah. a, it, it opens up the door to be able to just, um, you know, not worry about that because that's what's holding a lot of people back, I think. Exactly right. That's awesome. The, the worst possible result you can get is a yes, then like, what do you got to lose? Yeah, no, yeah, you got nothing to lose. Exactly right. So I was actually, my next question was going to touch on that sort of stuff. So your, your opinion on what other people think and um, like that negative self-talk as well. You touched on both of them pretty well then, but could you just go a bit more into depth on how to manage that negative self-talk? We all have it. Um, and also how to manage thinking about what others say and the impact that has upon us all. Yeah. I used to, I used to be bad at this. Like I, I particularly like all through school and stuff like that. It wasn't up until probably year 12, I reckon. And even, even then, yeah, it's probably about year 12 or the end of year 12 up until that point, I, I did worry about what people thought of me or what people said about me and what other people's opinion of me was like, that's, I was obs- like I, I was too worried about that. Like I, every a lot of the stuff I did was based around that, or a lot of the stuff I did, like I was anxious or worried about other people's opinion, and it's shit. Like it's just paralyzing. It's like it, it, it stops you from doing a lot of stuff that you want to do. It it doesn't make things enjoyable, and there's still so many people, even when once they're kind of like into adulthood, that that live like that. They worry about what other people think of them, and um, and it's just. Firstly, like it's really important to understand that no one really gives a shit. So like if you're, you know, something that you're thinking about, you know, if I do this and, you know, so-and-so will think this of me, like they probably won't. They're probably not thinking about you at all. So it's almost like a pretty arrogant to really think that anyone gives that much of a shit about you that they're, that they're going to be worried about. But like... A bit of ego, yeah. Yeah, you, a lot of people just aren't doing stuff because they're worried about other people's opinion or what other people think of them. So if you can let go of that and realize that, until you do let go of that, then you won't, you will never do like, you, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like you look at someone like the, the most successful people in the world or biggest stars or biggest, whatever, whether it be singers, whether it be whatever it is, like they're different. They're completely different to, yeah. to everybody else. Yeah, that's so it. there is when they started, everyone would have been looking at them going like, what the fuck? Like yeah, what, what is exactly. this person doing? Yeah. Or like, what's wrong with them? That's it. And the fact that they were able to, to not worry about that or to not worry about other people's opinion of, you know, saying, you know, whatever is someone starting a business that's never been done before and people telling them that it's not going to work or that it's stupid. If they had have listened to these people, then we wouldn't, they wouldn't be where they're in the position they're in now. So um, I think that's really important to understand. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of you. Whatever, what other people think of you is none of your business. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, and then the other part of that, like the, the way you look at yourself, I mean, you just got to start to, I think the meditation and mindfulness stuff helps a lot. Like it makes you a lot more self-aware of what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. You can really start to focus on your strengths and, and understand like what your weaknesses are or areas that you may not be happy with. And um, there's, a, there's a quote, I have this little quote book thing in, in my uh, bathroom and the one that it's on at the moment is accept what you can't change and change what you can't accept. So there's no point putting any time into to worrying about what you can't change. But if there's stuff that you can change that you're not happy with, then do something about it. I think so many people whinge and complain about shit they're not happy with, but aren't willing to do anything to change it. But that's the first thing they're going to complain about over and over and over again. I'm like, well, I really couldn't care less about how often you complain about it because if it's something that you can change and you're not doing it, then you're the, you're the one that's, that's in control of it. Yeah, that's really good, man. I love that. I love how you spoke about how the most successful people, they're seen as sort of like a weirdo sort of thing, which is absolutely ridiculous when you think about it because... I mean, look at like, like this, this prime yeah. example. Look at someone like Michael Jackson. I mean... Yeah. Kidding me? Like this guy... Exactly. Absolute fucking nut job. But he's like one of the most famous and successful people ever. Exactly. So like who, who's really 
who's really the weirdo when you think about it? Is it the ones that are following what everyone else else says and doing the, the same old thing? Um, that, that yeah, to me, that's weird. To me, it's to me, it's a lot weirder. It's a lot um, bizarre how people can just coast coast through, do what they're told, do what they think they have to do, do what everyone else has done, just be a sheep and follow along with with everything that everyone else is doing without putting any thought to what you want to do. Like it's just like well, you're you're doing this because you think you have to, or you're doing this because everyone else is doing this. Like you, there's no right. Like, yeah, it's bizarre. 100%, 100%. I really love that. I'm um, just mindful of your time. Um, got a few more quick questions before we finish up. Yep. So for anyone wanting to achieve some really great things within their life or to push towards their goals, what would be some more advice that you'd give them? Um, a couple of things, I guess, is get really specific and clear on what your goal is. You know, I'll use the example of like a pretty basic example but you know weight loss or fat loss is something that i get um a lot in the fitness industry and then you kind of ask them like all right well you want to lose weight or you want to lose fat but like how much do you want to lose and what what ideally what do you want to be at or whatever and people don't really know so when you have a goal it's got to be specific you got to know like what where what your end goal is it doesn't have to be an end goal but it has to be like where you are now and where you want to be and then you need to be able to reverse engineer how you're going to do that. Cause it's all well and good to have a goal, but if you don't know how you're going to achieve that, then it's never going to happen. So being able to implement the steps along the way and figure out, you know, if I'm here now and I want to be over here, how do I get there? Like what, what are the small wins or the small goals or the steps that need to be achieved along the way to get to that point? That's really important. And then making sure you're staying familiar with your goals. I mean, Prime example is um, is New Year's resolutions. People set them on January 1st and then don't look at it again until January 1st of next year. So that's why I find it really beneficial to have small goals every single day and, or you know, revisit your long-term goals once a month or once a week, whatever it is. And then just accountability, whether it be accountability to yourself by using something like a journal and revisiting them each day and, and seeing that you're, you're not working, you're not, your actions aren't aligned with your goals or whether it be telling a uh, family friend, close one, a family member, sorry, a friend loved or one. a loved one. If I can struggling here. Um, but yeah, being accountable to someone someone else. That's why I think with training and stuff, it's it's really good to have a training partner that, that you've got to be accountable to. You know, if we, if we say we're going to go train tonight at five o'clock then, and I don't turn up, then it's on me that I've just kind of hadn't, haven't kept myself accountable to you. So yeah, being getting clear on what your actual goal is, reverse engineering how you're actually going to do it and then keeping yourself accountable, I think is really important. Yeah. Really cool. Um, I'll, I'll add one more thing that, sorry, one more thing is, is um, to find, to figure out who can help you. Yeah. Is another thing. Um, because, you know, you, you talk to a lot about, uh, we talk a lot about people who start their own business or that do have these health and fitness goals that want to achieve them but think they have to do it all themselves or, or don't look outside of themselves to how they can achieve that. Whether it be because you're, you're wanting to do it all yourself and it's your own business. You don't want to give away any um, responsibility to anyone else or whether you don't want to invest in a, in a trainer or invest in information that's going to help you get yourself to your goals a lot quicker. I think you got to realize that there's always someone else out there that, that is able to help you and, and make that process, that journey a lot more smooth and, and efficient. So not being afraid to, to look or ask for help, I think is a good thing as well. Yeah, it's really good. I think that's probably something I've personally struggled with a little bit. Um, you get so caught up in trying to do what you want to do and you, you just forget to seek that help. Um, and it's such yeah. an important thing, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, also, you spoke, about, you spoke about having that um, ability to do it for someone else. I think you've also got to have the discipline to do it for yourself as well. So... You, you notice the more you sort of do something and you say you're going to do something and you do the things that you actually want to do, the more you become become more likely to keep doing the same thing over and over. So It's momentum, yeah. It's small wins. Yeah. Again, yeah, so. coming back to the small small goals, like if you're setting these small goals, it could be as simple as making sure today you drink enough water. Yeah. If you tick that off enough times, it becomes a habit. So exactly it's right. about building up momentum with the small wins. It's the... It's the small, like the, doing the small things exceptionally well on a daily basis or like a, at least on a consistent basis is what will 
will give you the big results. Yeah, and you continuously make yourself proud by doing that, which is a massive thing as yeah. well, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, sweet. So we'll just run through the last two. Um, I've got why for you is life amazing? Uh, it's a good question. I think um, touching again on, on what I spoke before about kind of the, the, the law of attraction, I reckon it's so it's amazing because you, you are in complete control. Like you get to decide every morning how your day goes, what path you go down, like how your life is going to look. So I think the fact that you, it's like you've got a blank canvas every day and you can just kind of, you decide what goes on it. So I think for me, the freedom to, to create your own life is what's so good about it. I love that. Awesome. Um, if you were to meet your younger self, what would be the things that you'd say? Um, I guess it's hard because I, like I said before, a lot of the things like at the time didn't feel good or weren't enjoyable, but that's, that's a big reason as to why I've like ended up the person that I am now. Um, but I guess probably the only thing would be like we touched on before is to just stop worrying about what other people think. Yeah. Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, mate. I could probably go on all day, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any parting words, um, messages that you'd like to put out there before we finish up? I think especially touching on mental health and people getting through those hard times, especially at the moment with the COVID, COVID stuff going on, anything that you'd want to part with before we finish up? Um, I'll firstly just want to again say thanks for having me on. appreciate it. And you've, you've asked really good questions. So hopefully people have got some value out of the the episode today but the other thing i would mention would be um obviously for those most people in australia at the moment are affected in some way or another by coronavirus whether it's uh, you're affected a lot or whether not really um if you're in lockdown or whether whether you're not i think it's just really important to keep some form of structure and routine in your day and just not kind of coast along obviously like in victoria and in melbourne at the moment stage four you really, there's very limited to what you can can do. So it's easy to get stuck into a rut or stuck into a habit of creating bad habits and and um, and not being productive, just waking up whenever, going to sleep whenever, spending all this time doing pointless shit instead of adapting and still working towards what you want to work towards just in a different way. So I think structure and routine is probably the biggest thing. And then, and just finding ways to, to keep yourself motivated and and being able to adapt is probably the biggest thing i think the people that are gonna i guess you know win in um in out of this whole coronavirus thing this year and who knows when it'll end uh the ones that are able to adapt the quickest you know whether that be going from you know me working outside with clients in stage three to stage four not being able to work with clients so who who can adapt the quickest to be able to continue doing what they're doing when the rules change or whatever, whatever it is. But if, if, if you can learn to adapt as quick as possible, then I think you'll be fine. Cool. Thank you very much, mate. Um, love everything you had to say. I think everyone that's listening will get so much value out of it. Um, I've got a lot of value out of just what we've said today. So all the best and thanks for your time. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to my chat with Danny. If anything that was talked about raised any concerns in your own well-being, ensure to reach out to those around you. As per usual, if anything in this episode stood out to you, please share it so that we can continue to grow our community of listeners. Make sure to also follow our Facebook and Instagram under Soul in Tune. Till next time, peace out guys.